Oh, like, uh, hello, dudes. Welcome to the two half squads. The misty smoke careens through the streets in the blaze of lights. The people gather, their sights set far upon things unseen yet known. And that was an original beatnik work. <laughs> Bye. Man, that was groovy. Jeff. Bongo Jeff. And Dave. And Dave. Words of Inspiration by Dave Kleinschmidt. Very nice. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world, which would be Advanced Squad Leader. At least it, it has been up until now. I assume that's going to continue for some time. I think that's going to continue for some time. Unless something else comes up. Unless somebody's got something else that we don't know about. Something else like perhaps a new podcast, Jeffrey? A new podcast, Is it David? time for the big announcement? Yeah, I think we should. We've talked about it for long enough. And so, yes, we've done it. We've launched our new podcast. It's real and it's live. Yep. Just direct your web browser to www.spineandsprocket.com. And spell and A and D, yep. not with the... Ampersand. General Mills symbol. Right. Yeah, exactly. And there it is. We've got two episodes up. The third one will be up probably tomorrow, and then the fourth one later by the weekend or something. So, and more to come. We hope you like it. It's a podcast all about spines and sprockets. It's uh, chiropractors <laughs> and um, things that go in sprockets. Actually, yeah, machinery. Machinery, Because um, yeah. we actually get a lot of that when you Google it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it came up Google's second selection. I couldn't find it on Yahoo Search, whatever that is. Yeah. But there are other podcasts out there called the Sprocket Podcast. So yeah, someone's doing some machinery thing. Yeah. So I don't, don't know what that one's about. Don't be fooled by imitations, no. boys and girls. If you listen to a podcast that doesn't have us in it, it's not our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's probably going to be your first hint. And, you know, I'm, I think it's high-quality stuff. Dave and has, Dave, yep. I'm sold on it. I trust you. I haven't actually l- listened to them since you edited them, and I know you did a great job, because you always do. Well, thank you. Them. We've got uh, a lot of Mike Lemke in there so far. And, and yeah. for our two half squads listener, now, this is books and movies, yes. right? Spine right. of a book and sprocket of a film reel. Yeah. But we've kept the first four episodes to World War II material just for you half squads fans. Yes. So if you're not, you know, if that's your narrow interest... We're going to branch it out, books like Sword of Shannara. I'm hoping to do some of the classic universal horror films that I like to do. Yep. Um, it's That gives us the flexibility to do other stuff that we want to do. Yeah. And not just stick to World War II. Right. Originally, we were thinking just war, and we would do Vietnam and other wars, material, films, and books, but not nah, too limiting. I think it's too limiting, and we're, we were afraid it wouldn't be fun enough. That's also true. It was hard to have fun and to crack jokes while you're talking about... Yeah, the fall of Berlin. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. Yeah, a little too serious at times, yeah. but... And we're fun-loving guys, so... <laughs> Just ask us. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll rocket to stardom, and we'll forget all this. Someday we'll look back on this. Remember when we used to do the two half squads and we only had like a thousand <laughs> listeners... Remember the olden days? Oh, yeah. So I guess before our... Before we moved to California. <laughs> so we should... And took up beatnik poetry. Yeah. 
And the, <laughs> we should say our intention is to continue the two half squads. Yes. At least through episode 200. Yeah. And maybe beyond. And maybe beyond. Because this offers a unique opportunity to be stupid. Yes. <laughs> Which we prove every single episode. That Which stupid. we haven't found our feet yet on the other one. You know what's scary about the other one is getting people who aren't in the gaming community listening. I think we'll find... Do we know anybody that's not in the gaming community? <laughs> I'm not even sure. No, we know but anybody. you know, this I think opening it up to books and movies, just you could get any kind of wacko. Yeah. Leaving comments, right? And I don't think we I, don't get a lot of wacky comments on. No, on you, you guys, you 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 listeners are fantastic. Yeah, everybody's been very respectful, and we, yeah. we we've never had anybody really flaming us or anything. No. Yeah, you all disagree on different segments you like yeah. or don't like, but or you don't listen, which is fine. The... You just don't listen. You don't tell us we're stupid. <laughs> I, like, I like that. I get enough of that from other locations. I should learn to play the bongos since I have them. You know why I bought bongos? Why? Well, first I didn't have any, and I thought. Ought to get some of those. And they're nice. You know, it's a musical instrument. They're ni- it's nice wood. But actually, I got them because I kept reading about, I like to read about physics, and I was reading, I keep reading about Richard Feynman, the physicist, and he, at, when he was at Berkeley, and he was a Nobel, I think he won the Nobel Prize. Possibly? No, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, he played the bongos. And I thought, well, maybe if I play the bongos, I'll be smarter. <laughs> That's how my brain works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to crack a book. Just give me the bongos. So I bought the bongos. I'm not any smarter, and no, I have not learned to play the bongos. <laughs> but I did find some YouTube videos on how to play the bongos, so stay well, tuned. You know, I do have a djembe that I had played actually in a concert with my wife. Really? Yeah, it wasn't very good either. Really? You did? I did. Yeah. Yeah, she played with a guitarist and herself singing and... Just do a little piano, but and I did some Dijambe on a couple of pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? Very simple. <laughs> did you move your head like that? Like yeah, I did. Doing? Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> wow, you're like double jointed in the head. I wish people could see this. Yeah, it's a little frightening, really. You look like a snake. <laughs> that thing's going to come off. Hey, speaking like of come off. Head. Yeah, what do you got? Dave has his hand in a cast. Either well, that it's or a, it's uh, just something to impress me. It's it's one of those fakey casts you just velcro it right off of there yeah. so it's it's um i don't know if you remember me complaining about some pain in my elbow area for months no i'm, um, I'm very stoic a little bit you i'm are. very stoic you're stoic so finally i'm like well if that's torn up that's not healing properly because it's not healing yeah at all yeah so i, I went, went in and yes it's chainsaw elbow Chainsaw elbow. Yeah, because I was chainsawing a bunch of lumber. Oh, okay. And this motion mm-hmm. up and down like that. Then I went and played tennis with Laura. Mm-hmm. So it was like an hour and a half of chainsawing, and then and about an hour of tennis. You know, and you might want to think of changing your doctor. <laughs> because you've got chainsaw elbow and tennis elbow combined. <laughs> Yes. And you have your wrist in a cast. <laughs> yeah, now that's the funny thing. Did he fake, did he not play uh, uh, 
Operation? It's it, a goofy game for dopey doctors? Where they, they, he could have learned his anatomy better. Yeah. Now, they did give me a strap-on piece back here for the near the elbow. It's supposed oh, to, like, hold did. down the tendon with the puffy thing. And today's the first day I'm not wearing it ah. to kind of rest my skin. I think it's irritating after a while. Does it? Yeah. But it's to prevent your wrist from going up and down. Yeah. Because when you go up and down, you pull the tendon, and the tendon has a uh, a tear in it. Oh, is it, it a does. tendon or is that a okay, ligament? You want the uh, technical term? <laughs> it's the uh, outer descending fascia, Mobius, Ex- extracurricular, Mobius fascia, displacement, anatomy. Well, is it feeling better? Not much. So it looks good though. It looks it, like something that you would wear wanna, in a like in a Viking it, movie. It makes me want to punch somebody. Yeah, yeah, just which probably punch would not him. would punch him. Not good for the elbow. Yeah, and I got rid of my road rage can now. You, so can you play squad leader with that? I can. Yeah. Uh, I did take it off when I was playing with Dave because yeah, actually, I did take it off when I played with Dave the last time. And sometimes when I'm riding, I can you know. You know how long he said you're gonna wear it? How long? Two months to two years. Wow. Yeah. I like a doctor who doesn't want to be specific. He doesn't want to get <laughs> he doesn't want to get caught in, you know, like telling you the wrong thing to do. Well, I had gone to the Super Bowl party and was telling the guys there and said, Yeah, I'm gonna go in and get a cortisone shot, beam healed. And no. The guy there said, No, Dave, when I had my golf elbow just oh, yeah, some, golf elbow. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Uh, wow. Yeah, his was, he had it on three months, out for a month, and then re-tore it. Wow. He was back in it for another couple months. It's like, oh, don't tell me this. Yeah, Zooks. Don't tell me this. I wonder what, um, I'm glad you can still play ASL. I wonder yeah. what other kind of injuries you'll get, those from playing ASL. ASL elbow? I'm surprised I don't have, a, I'm surprised I don't have ASL bald spot. On my head from, from playing and pulling my hair out and <laughs> on my my broke broken knees from praying getting down for a the, victory. Yeah. It's not happening. But I'm I hope you're I hope you get better. And you know you opened the show talking about science. Did you watch this PBS special on the big the hugs the God particle? Oh, no. About the Higgs boson? Oh Higgs Higgs bos, boson? Yeah, no. Really, I got into it so much. I mean, I've seen other... They're showing the collider. Yeah. They're showing all the scientists. These yeah. people are whacked. Yeah. I mean, you think squad leader players are a little queer bunch of people? Yeah. These people were odd and fun odd. Imagine and like, taking a, a thousand squad leader players and giving them $12 billion <laughs> to build like the coolest thing they could think of. Not even 12, like $100 billion. Yeah, they built this collider. So they're showing the lady in charge, and they're all talking about yeah. getting this information from this collision. And it was really well done to where when they when it collided, they started playing the Beethoven's Ninth, I think. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ode to Joy. This great artistic montage of like old science imagery and, 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 and statistics flying around out of the thing and it was really really cool and then like arty um what are those indian things that are roundy and you look like at them. Uh, mandalas thank you all kinds of all coming out of this thing 
really, that moment alone was wonderful. But watching the scientists, I thought, and I kept thinking, I'd like to date a girl like that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, <laughs> you know, one, I wouldn't because I'm married, but. Well, you could. It's not <laughs> illegal, I don't think, in this state. <laughs> but they were so, then the girl, one girl they're showing her, the data, we're going to get all this data from this. It's going to be so fantastic. It's the data. Yeah. And just to think of a person so excited about that. Yeah. And it's cool stuff. And apparently, what is this thing? It's God particle. It's a thing that's set at a right position with just exactly the amu- right amount of, what, gravity, Energy. magnetism, yeah. Yeah. Electri- s- yeah. Yeah. something. Yeah. It had to It had to appear within a certain range of the electron volts, the amount of energy they put into it to how they, how it spun out or something. That, yeah. that, that, that literally this holds our atoms together? Or and, something like and that. And without this, or if you, if you twist this little setting, it's a little off either direction, the we, universe all, would not we all just break apart into yeah. separate. Yeah. Well, I would like to try that sometime. Yeah. Just try the settings. <laughs> Wouldn't you Go, just turn it off a little and, a and see if we can like expand a little? Like in all our molecules basement. start breaking up, and then we can be put back together. It's like the guy, there's a guy in charge of that, and he, whenever he leaves the room, he's like, "Oh, by the way, don't touch that dial over there because the whole universe will just fall apart." <laughs> the <laughs> molecules of life itself yeah. expanding. I did see that. Uh, I didn't watch it on PBS, but I think you're referring to a documentary that was done about it. And I did see Yes, it was a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. weren't those people cool? Oh, yeah, it was And then amazing. they're all out at dinner, and they got twitches. Like, some, yeah. of, <laughs> some of them are twitching and have funny blinking eyes yeah. and yeah. talking about this. It reminded me of being, of being like uh, the ASL Open or yeah. Gen Con or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's extraordinary. Oh, my. And you're smarter now. I am smarter now. We still don't know exactly what it is. And I like science. I really do. Oh, I love it. I, I love science. but And I watched that and I thought, I still don't really know what it is. <laughs> Although you explained it better than I did. Well, I made it up. See, I'm comfortable. Be completely off. <laughs> I'm comfortable not fully understanding. Just yeah. understanding that it's the concept of this thing holding matter together or yeah. something like that. It's good enough for me. Yeah. So It matters. I like it a lot. I like your water bottle. Oh, thanks. Yeah, there's water in there. What's it say on there? That's uh, number one husband. My wife made this. Oh, yeah. She she says that to all her husbands. Yes, she does. (laughs) She's got them lined up. (laughs) We'll have to put that in our photo tonight. Oh, okay. Dave, I was excited when you showed up at the door today because you were laden. You were laden. (laughs) You were walking heavy like your feet were sinking into the concrete. You were bearing heavy burdens. And I always like that because I know what it means. It means it's time for what's 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 in in the box. The box. Probably there's a Higgs boson in there somewhere. <laughs> well Don't you think? I do think. Yeah. And, but, w- and when I think, my mind goes to creative places. Places that should not be explored. Yeah, probably not. Because they're scary. It's yeah, scary in yeah, there. It's scary. It's Poland there. in flames. Wow. P-I-F. How about that? P-I-F. Poland in flames. I read the book Fall Poland. I reviewed it on our T2HS podcast, not our new 
book review podcast. No, you did. Yes, that's Spine right. and Sprocket. Yeah. Spine Ding. and Sprocket. And brought to you by this show is brought to you by Spine and Sprocket, one of the greatest <laughs> podcasts ever. And brought to you by Ritter Krieg. Oh, yeah, Ritter Krieg. That's our favorite sponsor. These are our official sponsor of the two half squads. Yeah, and, really and uh, appreciate. you know, get over there, folks. Again, you get. I think he's still doing the free shipping. Free shipping. You can't. You can't beat that at no. all. Free shipping. He's going to be sending me the latest stuff of um, Winter Offensive. I ordered through Derek. Um, it's overnight shipping too. Everything is overnight no, no, to no, your no, door. No, he no, brings it right to your door. No, no. Right, and no, you can get same day delivery in some no, areas. No, no, no. Huh? No. Oh, what kind of an advertisement for our sponsor is that, <laughs> Jeff? If you're creating the situation, well, I will, just want to build some excitement. Well, people will be. It's not true. Oh, people, it's got to be true. <laughs> people will be mad. <laughs> All right. Well, look. So here's what you do: go on to Ritter Creek, order some stuff, put in the comment section. Just say the two half squads say you're going to deliver this same day or or, tomorrow, <laughs> or overnight. No, no. And no, see what just, happens. Just say the two half squads sent you. Actually, I would like that if because he said someone already said that we sent him. Oh, good. And we never asked about that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, the two half good. He's, you you know, he's getting he's getting something for his investment in yeah. our little programmo. Yeah. So yeah, and he's got again all the stuff quick. He gets the new stuff in. And although my Poland and Flames came was a pre-ordered directly from Bounding Fire Productions, oh. mm-hmm. which Ooh, another la, la. fine ASL people. Yes, and uh, wasn't a complimentary copy this time. But um, did you uh, ask for I a like complimentary copy? No, but okay. I'm ready to do that more often. Yeah. I, I mean, I do it on every show, don't I? You do. <laughs> If they would like to send us another one, they certainly would. <laughs> we could use it as a prize. Yeah. Boy, because I didn't really buy one, because I bought bongos. And we know how new, that turned out. A new guitar, which and I'm I sure next show you'll talk about that. Yes, I will. So, first up, the magazine. Now, Poland and Flames. Now, this is a title I, I Googled. I yeah. didn't Google, I web searched because I use Bing for my search, not Google, because I get money. Microsoft. Uh, I googled that, and you know what comes up? Poland in Flames is um, Flames of War. Apparently, this is a popular. Mo- I'm, I'm sure it'll start coming up with Bounding Fire. Oh, because now that they've released it, but did they call their stuff- Flames of War had a had a significant module with a significant number of scenarios called Poland in Flames. They so did. Just, they did. Yeah. Oh. So I'm just curious if Poland in Flames is sort of a familiar handle for that action. Is that what they called it, or if that's a quote from it, it, something that wasn't like in Shakespeare or something. <laughs> I don't think that was in the book that I had read, so I don't know if that says anything. Oh, look, Poland is in flames, my lord. <laughs> what is that? Pray, what is that? Oh, it is Poland in flames. It is Poland in flames. And the magazine, we're going to do next show. And this, yeah. is, this is like having an annual here. Oh, yeah. Journal. It, you know, it's got articles, it goes beyond. So, We'll dig into this one, and it has an article on fire and flame spreading. So we're going to take our time, do a whole half-hour show on just fire and flames. I'm going to kind of treat this like the rules section. Beautiful. You know, because yeah. why not? He's already yeah. broken it down for me. Yeah. And I've read that far. <laughs> oh, good. So. That's massive. This is a lot of stuff. Did you ever hear the song, too, inspired by, by this? Poland in flames, Poland in flames, oh, hey, hey. Uh, 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 uh. 
Woman in Chains. Donovan, there's your next assignment. Donovan. Do me up a a satirical song from Poland in Flames with Woman in Chains. Poland in Flames. That's what's happening in Poland. No. That's the only Donovan I know offhand. Oh, Donovan? From the Donovan Donovan? Yeah. Isn't that what you said, Donovan? Dennis Donovan. Oh, okay. I thought you meant Donovan. Our like satiricist. The, uh... oh, Our okay. satiricist. <clears throat> I was thinking of the actual musician. All right. Well, first, what, what, what do we just look at? These vehicles? Counters? Yeah, they look vehicular. How many you get here? You got four large counter sheets and one half counter sheet. Uh, the half sheet's got your planes. It's got some... I'll read a little bit about those from the magazine next show. Um some early planes 1933 i think they're biplanes actually and uh so i'll tell you more about those next time your morale counters on jeff why is the they're biplanes are they really biplanes yeah i well i think they are they're not rentals i can't prom no look that i mean look at that it's a prop on the front and it looks like it's got they're not rentals by they're biplanes it's not Worth laughing at. I'm not laughing at that. I'm not expecting it's, it. It's not that you didn't catch it. It's that you caught it. Well, and I didn't catch it, it immediately. But, but it was so stupid. I it's, I didn't catch it even. That's how stupid it was. <laughs> That's unusual for you to be so frank with me, Dave. I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> well, now that you got my second podcast up for me, I don't need you anymore. I was harassing Jeff about it. I didn't realize he actually had it up. I did. He's like, when are you going to put the podcast live? I said, it's been alive. For, it's been live for a week. And I said, what? Yeah. I looked at all the gmails. I looked at all the other stuff you did. I never yeah. found the actual I, site. I probably could have made more fanfare somehow. Oh. Well, we just now announced it. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, lots of nice. So, yes, those are nice planes. So yeah, and vehicles. Now, why are the counter? They're the Allied Minor color corners, yet tan inside. I don't remember why, or haven't figured it out yet. The two-color, um, high-quality art and everything, and clean and crisp. Haven't tried punching them yet. Hopefully, they'll, they'll punch out a little better than my Hakapale. And the half-sheet, you got a whole bunch of artillery guns and, and new guns. Uh, there's some modifications to some of these existing guns for this game. And lots of vehicles. What kind of things are on your sheet? I have a sheet full of tanks. You welcome. Well, half yes, half of it, a little more than half of it is tanks. So there's some a uh, lot of BT tanks and a lot of T26s, which I recognize. The T26 was well, and both of these I think were very popular Russian tanks during you know between the wars. Yeah, those Russian colors. They are. They're yeah, Russian yeah. Colors. I think you get Russians in this and some German. The T26 was modeled after the Vickers tank. I think the Vickers six tank and uh there's a bunch of them on here so i'm gonna i'm imagining there's gonna be a lot of tank action then there's some german tanks here the panzer 1a's a lot of these are very light in firepower too as you can imagine they're early yeah all 39 and, yep some artillery units here uh german planes A number of German planes, a few more Russian planes on here, and then the BA. It's not a tank. Yes, I guess it is a tank. Yeah. Oh, the BA. No, it's a truck. 
It's some sort of a wheeled vehicle. Yeah, the BA armored car or something. Yeah, it must be an armored Okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the vehicles here, too, are familiar to me already, but you're getting, I think, I think they were saying they're getting more of them. Not all these are used in these scenarios. Some will be used in future scenarios. Um, your Ursus tanks, your WZ, the Peugeots, Toxankas. Pretty light armor. The FT-17s that World War One war hangover, hangover. <laughs> Carryover from World War One. Yeah, a lot of heavy trucks. Of course, the artwork is different. You know, they're doing the full color stuff over there at Bounty Player yeah, Production. It, they, I was going to say, I was just going to say, these look really good. The counter quality is really excellent. Yeah, the some artwork of, on them is really good. Some of these vehicles are white, so it must be deliberately left white. And even though the uh, winter, oh maybe. Even yeah, though of course here too, the font on it is very small. It's easy to read these. It's amazing. How easy it is to read. I can yeah. read that this is a T26 M32U. My, wait, mine? Mine or not? This set is just horribly... You took your glasses off. What? You took your glasses oh. off. Oh, yeah. It okay, is nice and crisp. There, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I can't. They are, they are really yeah. crisp. A lot of Polish vehicles here on my set. Your set has Germans. And what are these black ones? Is this an SS vehicle thing? It's got to be. Look, they're black. They are black. So those must be for the SS... Oh, yeah, look, here's another would, set of I SS. I would guess S, you're right. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the early war SS stuff, okay? Because, look, I have you have a, a counter sheet of infantry here. I have a counter sheet of infantry here. Um, Russians, second line, Russians. And Dave Timonen, just the other day, even though we've been playing ASL for all those years, said he was... Um, uh, ELRing his troops, and he said, "Like, where's the second line Russians? And they, if they go for right from first to conscripts, here they are, four three sevens. Oh, second line Russian Soviet. They've been missing all this time, right? And in addition, there's some new machine guns, some earlier machine guns, World War One type machine guns." I'm thinking this make a nice transition to some World War One scenarios. I still think they should do that with this game next too. And crew, crew counters. Look at them with the actual gun in their hands, crouching down there, in full color. Yes, and then <laughs> I'm looking at some Polish crew counters, and it's two guys crouching down with a machine gun, like they're crewing a machine gun. Is that what yours look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful artwork. And then uh, I've got some Polish leaders on here. I'm just going to look at some of the names. I'm suddenly curious about that, if they're just using Polish names here. Dabrowski, Balachek, Laniowski, Zalczek. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's any. I don't know if they snuck any Hallett counters in. Halletsky? No. Yeah, I was actually looking too. They said there's some honorary ones here and some historical names yeah. in this set. And I see Lazov. I Is that I, Don Lazov? Probably. Is he playtesting for him? Here's Sergeant Tysonowski. Oh, yeah, Tyson. Yeah. For Sam. Sam Over Tyson. here, I got Wolkski with the Russians. And then a lot of, uh, again, like they said, they, I did read that there were some actual names and then some honorary counter 
names you. So you get this SS. The SS troopers are your early, early war where they're all fan- fanatic. Well, and they're, they're like morale is seven. So they're not like, you know, six conscript morale. But their firepower is all lower because they were considered pretty good fighters. But not, um, I'm sorry, they had good morale, but they were still real rookie troops, these SS people in the beginning of the war. So now you have your lower grade SS available to you to use in designing scenarios. Got some nice uh, Polish uh, elite units, assault engineers it must be, because they have that nice exponent, smoke exponent of three. Always like that. Yes. Wow. Wow. Here's some German smoke exponents of, yeah, five and four. So it looks wow. like they yeah. they upped them already here as assault engineers. And the SS are in blue and in black. That's correct. Yeah, and you get the same leaders in both colors. That's in case you like your blue counters or you like your black for your SS. Now, the, um, the mortar counters are a little different just in the way they lay out the designations for the firepower and the break number. Do you have some, any mortars on there? No. Yeah, they're just laid out a little differently. A little bit easier to read. And the machine gun art is it looks really historical on these early war machine guns. Again, some of these were carryovers from World War One, And so you have uh, some heavier machine guns that are still light and so on. Now here's a counter that's going to get people really excited. Here's a cupola counter with a... Heavy machine gun, break number of 11, rate of fire of 3, heavy machine gun, cupola counter. Let's see now. I'm trying to think of where they would use this. Um, that could be, have, why, you know what, I, you actually know, I've, those, seen I've seen those somewhere else. Yeah, I have too. Um, the tank, and I can't remember uh, they're now. just armored cupolas, cupolas, they're just dug into the ground. Not dug in tanks. They just actually put they just put them the on turret the tops in like a pillbox. Like they fell off the they tank. They could. They forgot to. <laughs> you forgot to bolt on it. So hey, let's just stick it in the ground and climb in it and mount it on a. Yeah, I wouldn't want bunker. That. I wouldn't want. To and do that. and you remember how my do you remember how wheels. I was personally hand making some turn counters so you had each nationality on each side. I do remember that insanity that you were look indulging at in. this. Look. I'm looking. What am I seeing? Look at this. Show me. Tell okay. me. Okay, one, is... two, three, four, five, six, seven Japanese counters, turn counters, and seven German turn counters. Why would they give you seven unless the backsides were all unique to the nations that oh, were fighting? This is just for me. My life is complete. Sam, this makes up for you guys not making the Kleinschmidt counter on here. That's amazing. Of course, That's we should beautiful. play test for them, shouldn't we? We should. Yeah. But look I guess at this. That would have helped if we actually would do some work. The Maybe Dutch, the Philippines, kudos. the Spanish Republicans, the Hungarians, the Slovaks, the Norwegian turn counters. What's this purple swastika one? Is that that's was that the Finn? Who else used that swastika? I, I I know this, but I forgot. The INA. Is that the Indian something army? Look at those. That that my life is complete now. That I'll is, stop buying ASL you know, products. That is cool. I don't know if I'll fit them in my counter tray anymore. I have to make a new slot. Yep. For the turn counters. Yep. You may have to extend your basement. Get get rid of my handmade ones. So we cover all these counter sheets. So you, you have well, the that's whole, enough. I think 
on Polish. Uh, I think that's enough. Just to get all those counters, that's enough. We don't need anything else. That's beautiful. Here. That was money well spent. That's it's all you need. pretty darn good. Yep. That's it. And I know we always say we have too many boards in ASL, but yeah. take a look at these. Oh, there's more. Take a look at these. Which board you got there, Jeff? I have board O, BFPO. It's very pretty. There's a river running through it. At the top of the board, there is a small lake. A stream. With a stream I'm, running down through the center. And connecting to the other small the lake, other, which yeah. can become rivers. Oh, I see. You can hook those up adjacent to the river boards, I think. Oh. And have wider rivers connected Old through that. Old Man River. <laughs> this was designed. You just keep on rolling along. Designed by Steve Swan. It's pretty. Oh, this is an interesting uh, bit of terrain. You see this here? It looks a, a little bit like an exploded bridge. That's a Ford. Right That's a Ford? That's a Ford. A Model T. Looks like a Pontiac. It's right where the road would cross this stream. Yep, it's crossing for a Ford. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Because you know a lot of not stuff. Not a Fjord. That would be right. a lot bigger. Okay. Yep. I have board BF. PP, and it's got a gully that runs the length along the side of this road with some small hills. And then also, you know what, these are, are really, just when you think all the board possibilities are used up, I come across these and find, yeah, wouldn't there be a gully running alongside of the road? Yeah. You know, aren't they usually built alongside them? Yeah. Or like train lines along there or something? Yeah. Um, and so now you have that here. You could, I'm imagining an ambush coming out of the gully toward the people on a column on the road or something. Lots of fun there. Uh, you're right. As, as many boards as we've looked at, these are different. Just Where these first two. A river connecting to the yeah. stream. And Steve Swan also designed P. So answering the question, do we need more boards, the answer is Yes. Yeah, and these are got some fairly open spaces, yet some scattered woods. Now I'm looking at board Q. Now that looks a village board there, right? Little village. There's a church, graveyard. And some real the artwork on the buildings is really nice. They're they're wooden buildings, but they've got a gray outline on them and Now, when I read it said that so I wonder if that's stone on yeah. the first floor yes. and wood on the upper floor. Yes, it is. I should uh -huh. say stone on the ground floor. Yeah, ground and floor. And on the upper floor, and of course, which is a very common yeah. way of building in Europe. And that would be a nice, uh, yeah, European village there. Mm -hmm. um, and you get uh, that those two-tone buildings that are yeah, uh, which multi. Is, how come we never thought of that real, before? Yeah, and real simple to play. You yeah. just, it's just the pluses are different at each level. I wonder how they would do this one. It looks like it's it's a two-story stone building with maybe a wooden attic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're just making sure you can see the stone part. I oh. don't know. Yeah. Or sloped roof and then... That's what it looks like. Yeah, I don't know. Not not sure. Then there's little clusters of buildings. There's buildings that... Oh, that, yeah, the uh, hex side sit buildings. right on the hex side, so you that'll prevent your snapshots. Darn it. Yeah, yeah. But a little more realistic in the way that they're laid out. 
you know, they're not all contained within the hexes, which is Correct. which is really nice. And they go into great detail. At least they did in Crucible of Steel. They go into nice detail about what that means and how to play that when those small little outbuildings are right on the hex sides. Yeah, that is also here a part of this. And we've got BFPR board. Half of it's got a little village, a little path through the woods, and then a little road. And I'm not, not as impressed with that one. Seen similar things before. Yeah, that uh, looks pretty standard. They're saying. Uh, and then you get this. Now, try that. Okay, and now I have board. Oh, DW5A. And DW5B. So, let's put our boards together, Jeffrey. And what do you get? A bigger board. <laughs> it's one of those... What, so it's is a nice it... multi-board, like a village in the middle, and then at the top and the bottom are... Two hills. Three, three level hills. <clears throat> yeah, almost mountains. Yeah. So you get your little valley village, um, and these two massive hill sections going across, providing all kinds of interesting concepts. Yeah, really cool. To play... They say that there's going to be altered versions of these coming up in future designs. And um, he'll fight long-range fire across the mountaintops. What if one army's on one side, the other's yeah, defending? that's what I was thinking other, right no, away. That could be a whole lot of fun there. With some crags. There's some crag hexes. Uh-huh. And what was this one? Let me, here, show me yours again. Uh-huh. Not that. Your map. Oh. <laughs> When I say show me yours, I need to be a little more specific. Oh, I like the way the the woods, the way the road cuts through the woods here. It's just very uh -huh. nicely detailed the way the graphics are done. Yeah, I think their woods are a little dark, but yeah, maybe, a little bit. Maybe they're more like evergreen forests. Could be. Well, it's, and rounding it off, DW six got something to say about that one? Or our, Bucko arboreal. You know, you put it this way: DW six A and B. You get two villages with some space in the middle, yeah. but it's I mean, really a, designed to be that. Wow. See that? And that is a big village in the center, and it's a big village. It's, and it's a big village. You know, this could be PTO, huts. Sure. Yeah. Look at all the little buildings. Yep. This could be your Eastern Front Russian village. And this, you know, a nice big game playing over to fight for... The majority of this could be a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. So oh, there's a lot of happy ASLers out there, I can tell, that have those that pre-ordered this product and now have it are probably very happy. You know what I noticed is conspicuously missing from this package. Now, that's all the counters? Uh-huh. You know what they're missing? Scenarios. No. Flames. No, uh... There's no flame counters. Well, we have all our flame counters we need, but there's a flame article oh, I need, we need coming more. up next show. Yeah, but there are flame counters. You are might. Lame. You know, I don't think you're going to actually be doing more burning than normal. You know, the root know. of flame is lame. Isn't that a or technical something. term for library, lame library or something? Mm -hmm. Didn't I download that when I put in Audacity? Yes, you did. Lame belt. Yes. So, your multi-material buildings rules... And your hex side buildings rules, bypass is not allowed along those, as you said, or you hinted at. 
and uh, you know, it doesn't say, line of sight would be could be blocked. So yeah, that could interfere with the yeah vehicle bypass requirements. You can't go through there and. And it said they first appeared in Beyond the Beachhead and then in Crucible of Steel. Yeah. And so the only new terrains are those. And sparse orchards, I don't quite get them. Oh, they're just considered like out-of-season out of, out of yeah, orchards. Yeah, yeah, so they're more spread out. You can shoot through the top halves and not have a problem with that. And that's the only terrain stuff is the second page oh, of this it. magazine. Okay. We'll save the rest. But you do get this Pages set, for your rule book. Which really includes the terrain from Into the Rubble. Now, I'm not sure why I needed that, but I have that already. You know, Dave and I are still, or not Dave, I'm playing a lot of those with Tom Barklow and mm-hmm. Mark Woods. Still trying to finish all those off. Beyond the Beachhead rules here oh, for maybe Bocage and stuff. Uh, updates, maybe, updated rules, perhaps. Here's the Blood and Jungle. I think it's the whole, th- well, no, you're right. Maybe this is. Maybe they've corrected some errata. Are these consecutively numbered pages? This is one and two. What page is that? Yeah, three and four. Okay. Well, I don't know. High ground. Man, I haven't played the high ground scenarios yet. Wow. Oh, we I haven't get played it. a lot of Bullet in the Jungle so yet. So you just take out your BFP you've been terrain playing. rules and add these. Take out whatever you've got, put these in instead. Yeah, so if you didn't own those original games. So these are, they're brought together. and See, here's your stuff. Here's your Crucible of Steel rules, which I just bought Crucible of Steel when they put it on sale. Yeah. I'm not opening it. I, it's too much. I can't deal with it all. Didn't we already we cover Crucible of Steel when you we got did. it? We did. Yes. Right, and you and Rich have been playing a lot of those. Yes. So, it's like Loving it our too. new favorite. We're having, we're having a very nice time with that. And so but then... But this is, this is a good idea, really, to include these rules is great because as people read them, they'll think, oh, this is cool. We should buy Crucible of Steel. Yeah, maybe so. And then your rules for Poland and Flames. That is... They've got some that are specific to Poland. A lot of the squads here, they're giving like assault fire to some of the Polish squads. Assault engineers, as we mentioned, are in here. They have the demolition charge in the upper left corner of the counter. Assault engineers and their sappers. Single-man counters are doing new things with this. These 9-0s and 10-0s are not commissars. Hmm. Okay? They're just 10-0 leaders. I don't think I like that idea. And they said there was some controversy about their creation. Um... I don't like controversy. And then there's, so now your 9-neg-1, your 10-neg-2 goes to a 10-neg-1, to a 9-neg-1, etc. Why can't we just love each other? That's what I'm wondering. Your rules for your German SS units, your new Russian counters, and some notes on those. The vehicle ordnance notes, uh, I know they've changed up some of these to, like, have canister, or some radio Russian vehicles now, hmm. and I think some of them might be the same as were originally in squad leader games. Mm-hmm. But all the vehicle notes. Ah, the vehicle. There's notes. now a bridge layer for the Germans oh, put in here. A bridge layer, as well as a bunch of Panzers with the different uh, gun sizes. I think it said. And your normal ordinance notes on all those weapons, which, you know, we need to st- start that segment on uh, vehicles. We're yeah. going to do like a vehicle or gun vehicle each tower. Yep. And the aircraft, yeah, the Polish, about how the Polish, because, you know, they do the actual aircraft, right, in Crucible. They're not generic. No, they have right. their own. Yeah. So now you got the Polish ones, primary models by the Poles, P.7, P.11. 
Cool. I swear. I think they swear they look like my biplane model kits. But, uh... And uh, that covers, like, the rule sections to put in there. There are 45 scenarios. Now, I... I... You know know how I kind of get obsessive about trying to play all the things? Yeah. It's killing me. Yeah. It's like trying to read all the books you want to read. Watch all the TV shows you want to watch. (laughs) Kind of in a way, I miss having not enough ASL stuff. Yeah. Is that crazy? A little bit. But I kind of do. Yeah. I got to just slow down here. Yeah. 45 action-packed scenarios in full color print. And you know the quality of these Right, As Jeff? usual, yes. What are they, how are they different than your your MMP product? Oh, I, I did know. know. Actually, the color is better. Well, there, yeah, there's like no color on the other ones. Yeah. So they did the full color maps on yeah. these. Full which, color maps, full color counters on all the scenarios. And having the full color maps makes it easier to see if you put one in backwards. Yes, it does. I noticed. Yeah, that right. <laughs> like, that how come the really hill's help. on that end? Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Oops, upside down. So we can't go into all these scenarios. No, and there's a ton of them. Although, again, I did notice the first eight, kindling is non-applicable. So much for Poland and flames. Well, that's a very good point, Dave. I don't. Maybe they should <laughs> rename this. Poland just not doing well. Uh, yeah, I was trying to see if any of them say, place a fire and place a blaze and hex, blah, 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 blah. Boy, all Poland. these last ones have no kindling either. Poland is fireproof. Wow. Apparently. No kindling, no kindling. Oh, this one does not say no kindling. Maybe the Polish word for... Oh, yes it does. No kindling? Yep. Yeah. I can't find one that doesn't. Hmm. Does make you wonder. Well, remember folks, you're going to have to try and start your fires with your flamethrowers, your high high explosives. Don't Can't those maybe start one? Yeah, I think your, so. I think Rich has a table about that. We should refer to it. Yeah. It's table of our Hey, half squads. Uh, this is Pierce Ostrander, and uh, I'm out in Albuquerque now. A couple episodes ago, you had somebody call in who's out here. Um, maybe I'll send you my email address, and you can pass it on to him and maybe send it back to me. Anyway, um, I wanted to tell you guys about the uh, SoCal ASL tournament. It's the 19th year in a row this is run. And... Uh, it's uh, the West Coast Melee 19, and uh, it's a pretty cool tournament. Typically, it draws in the high 40s to the low 50s in terms of number of people. Um, it's uh, got uh, three mini events that go on, three mini tournaments that run each day on Friday and Saturday. Yes, that's six tournaments. Um, imagine there are three rounders, probably eight persons per per uh, mini. Anyway, they play off on Friday. And then the winner of each of those minis plus the other five players with the best record advance to Saturday and play in the uh, Grofaz competition on Saturday, which is another three-round affair. Um, just eight players, single elimination. And also Saturday there are three more tournaments for those who didn't make the Grofaz uh, to get another chance to uh, earn a win place or show. So there's actually seven tournaments over two days, Friday and Saturday. Uh, the convention itself starts Thursday at 10 a.m., so you can get there and play itself for a day before the festivities start, and I think the ballroom is also open on Sunday, so it looks like a pretty good time. Um, I'm looking forward to heading over to Southern California and checking it out. Um, you can easily find the uh, website for the SoCal ASL Club and their flyer for the Melee is there. It's a four-page thing. goes on and on. 
anyway, it looks like a great time. If you guys have a chance to tweet this or uh, put it on your show, uh, that'd be great. We'll roll low and rally well and uh, keep on listening. Well, we played a passel the other night. Eight guys came over. Haven't been doing That's as nice. many gaming clubs. Nice turnout. Good turnout, and uh, we recorded the players as they finished and got their opinions on their games. Why don't we play that now? Well, folks, hello. Here we are. It's a night of a PAASL, which we haven't been meeting as much as we should be. But um, tonight we had a game, eight, eight players down there. Eight, and yeah. we moved up here to the dining room because of those di- tingling dice jars, which will interfere. And we have Rich Bilkey, uh, and I played a game. Which we won't talk about. It's too embarrassing for me. <laughs> and we have Zach and um, Eric Ortega. And so they will talk first, I think, about... <clears throat> Blazing Chariots. What a great game. Which is ASL Scenario 35. Fresh out of West of Alamein. The old days. Uh, nothing like a fun day at the beach. <laughs> well, there's enough sand. And what did you guys think? Uh, first of all, quick rundown of the game, I guess. Uh, the British start with 12 Stuart Mark 1s, and uh, they're basically running over open ground towards the German line, which they've got, uh, let's see here, Panzer, Panzer 4E, H, Ausfa, H, I'm sorry, Panzer 3, Ausfa H, and Panzer 3, Ausf G, and then Panzer 2F with a couple of armor leaders. So those are the four different tanks, but they've got a total of what? Seven, nine. Sinners with those. Nine to twelve. Yeah, nine to twelve. And it was a interesting battle. Oh, we did we did and two rounds switch sides. The Germans gunned down the British both times. And the British are defending. No, the British are attacking. Yeah. Operation Citadel. The first uh, Monty wants to train a Crusader. Oh, Crusader! Yeah, Crusader. And then the um, so the the Germans were defending. Mm-hmm. And they set up still. Yep. There's sun blindness. Yes, there's sun blindness, so the British are sun blind going in. Okay. So it's a plus two to their shots. Anything they see kind of in a covered arc facing um, to the west. Okay. Because it's uh, late afternoon. And point. the first game was a blowout? Uh, pretty much. You had the, the Germans' accuracy was just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, but... Um, but it helped that they were sitting still. Oh, of course. Sitting still, sun to their backs. The, yeah, the British, obviously, when they first come on, have to use the uh, movement, stay in movement for sure, to uh, minimize the um, the shots that are going to be taken at it, because they're going to take a first shot as they're coming in, and then the Germans prep fire on top of that. So they're going to take two rounds of fire before the uh, the British actually get a halfway acceptable opportunity to return fire. Correct. Now, did the can the British... Or, um, the British were coming on, right? Mm-hmm. Can they use the dust? Did you use dust? Oh, it's moist, so... There's no dust. Oh, no dust behind the vehicles? Okay, because that could be a tactic. So is the strategy... Are the frontal armors the, hard for the... The British have four frontal armor. Um, the Germans have a 50... Just a straight 50 gun, gun. on some of their tanks, which is about 11 to 4. Okay. So it's... If it's hit, you have a little, you know, 50-50 shot. Um, then they got a couple 75s, which is 10 to 4, so it's a 6. And then they got a pair of 20Ls, which is long shot, although he did manage to mobilize one of mine with it. When you say 10 to 4, what do you mean? 10 
Penetration for arm, arm center. Oh, I'm not familiar with that new young people's vocabulary of ASL. <laughs> Us old people won't know well, what you young people are talking about. I feel like I'm in my eighth grade classroom teaching. <laughs> well, I say something, the kids all laugh, and I say, What are they laughing about? Mr. Kleinschmidt, that's a sexual reference. Well, could someone tell me these things? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But it's, it's a straight shooting up, like uh, Lieutenant Zach here has told me, it's like, let's get on the pool table and start shooting at each other, because it's pretty open and flat. Yeah, the three boards have Scrub and Hamdi, I think, which is not a TEM and it's not a, a hindrance, so it's basic as far as these tanks are concerned. So it's basically just two movement points on those hexes, and uh, other than that, so you have a couple spots where it's two movement points as opposed to one, and that's it. It's flat out. That, that's all to the terrain. It's just so what kind of around. strategies would you recommend? Well, yeah, I, I think I'd like to jump in. I didn't play this one. I, I was sitting beside these guys, uh, Zach and Eric. But um, we should uh, we should probably fess up to Eric at this stage of the of the podcast. That prior to the game, Zach came over to my house because we were cleaning up the scenario that we were uh, playing the other day. No. And so, and so when he came over and told me he was playing Blazing Chariots with you, and that was what your plan was, I broke out the uh, Spilky Archives. Oh, you. And there's actually a uh, <laughs> there's actually a point counterpoint, or I forget what those were called. Oh, yeah, in the magazine. Yes. The journal, uh, it, it was not anyway. mine. It was Rich Summers and yep. Robert Banizek. Yep, and there, there's about show. there's about four or five page writ, pages written about this scenario. You dirty dog! <laughs> and so uh, I, I showed Zach kind of the highlights of that. Uh, they did all kinds of analysis on rate of fire and statistics of so many hexes away. I mean, they really get into the math. These guys, wow. and they basically had pre-calculated that if you follow the strategy that the British should follow which is you stay exactly 13 hexes away in, just, in the opening move. That's why I was counting it out like a so, so, so you stay thir- and The reason you stay 13 hexes away of the range is because of guns the uh, L versus shorts or, or normals. The, first of all, the, the basic to hit number is 8 at that mm-hmm. range for, for a vehicle. Then you've got the motion, so it's down to 6. Yeah. And then because the German guns either have a star or are less than 50 millimeter they go down again, right. and you're in motion. So that increases the chances of living. I mean, still, you're, you're a sitting duck as the British. You're still going to get shot at, and you can't shoot back, you know, because you're going into the sun and you're in motion. You're going to lose tanks, and then, then they get this. But that's the best way to maximize your survivability. Yes. Then on turn two, you're already in motion, and you're exactly 13 hexes away. So maybe you've lost two tanks out of your, out of your 12. But you have, you have 18 movement factors, and you're only 13 hexes away. So you have enough, because it's only one movement point per hex for the most part, to get behind him and CE behind the German. And then the German turns to shoot you. He's got some blindness. Correct. Because he's facing the, And you're hitting him in the rear, and you're going to win the gun duel. Yeah, unless he does a motion attempt. Well, he could do that, but you're then still going to... Well, you can't gonna, do that because he can up. see you the, the whole time. Well, oh, that's true too. But even if he did, come in the line of sight. Even if he did, yeah. that would be good for the British because then the British will just hunt him down yes. and hit him eventually. Yeah. So, and when I played this scenario twice, following the advice, this is not my strategy. I'm following the strategy given in, yes. the, in the write-up. In the, yeah. I don't want to claim credit for yeah, it. You won't. But I won by a mile with the British following that strategy. So I'm blaming Zach's tactics, is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> well, what had ha- what had happened was Eric set up. One tank in the center, and he set up the other two didn't, on each wings or each wing a cluster of tanks. 
And he didn't set it up in a line. He set it up, there was generally one tank in front of the, the main ones in the back. So I came on just in a line because I didn't know how this was going to go down. So now my tank's in the center. They can either stay 13 away from the center tank or the, the wing tanks, they're, wow. they're farther away than that 13. So now they can't do the run behind easily. So that's so I tried to do that, you know, and I got that. I think I got that center tank, but he was overwhelmed because I had three tanks in the front, and I didn't want to send everybody there because that'd be useless. So I had to turn some guys around. So instead of being able to get the back, I was shooting side to side sometimes, and nobody was in the sun blindness, so it didn't quite work out. As uh, so, their setup did not cooperate with the strategy. Correct. Yeah, but I, it, I think it worked out fairly decent. Of course, I think I, after playing it once, I would. Uh, mix up the tanks a little bit. I put all the I put the seventy fives and the ones with the twenty millimeters on one side, and the leaders of the other tanks on the other. And uh, of course, the dice went back and forth, uh, and uh, it did make a turn my way. But uh, the one side that had the fifties with the high rate of fire with the leaders and stuff just clean clocked. I mean, they did just boom, 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 boom. And once I started hitting it, that's it. And the tanks that he went race behind me, whether it was in the center or whatever it is, well, now it's my turn to fire. I'm shooting across again, but uh, now I'm shooting at his rear armor because he turned around behind. Mm -hmm. And then Zach, at that one point, pointed out one thing that didn't occur to me at the time, is when you put one tank in front, put another tank a couple of hexes uh, or a hex immediately behind it or so. So when one tries to do the little end run behind it, he's in the frontal arc of the tank. Next one. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, but uh, let's see. I th- I'd say I think right now the setting up on the sides kind of like oblique a little bit and putting it in the center and and then put something in the center like one or two tanks and then have the rest of them like this. You stop him from getting into the fl- turning the flanks on you. I, I think that, yeah, that I think that is wise. That is a good good strategy. Yeah, good that. strategy. Yeah. But a fun little game. Um, it's one that you're going to do a couple times and then say, boy, this is fun, and you'll put it away because there isn't a whole lot you can do more with that. But, um, you know, and another thing, point two, is that me and Lieutenant Zach here decided that we would then wanted to try Desert. We have never got to it. And tonight, the Passel has given us that opportunity to do so. Yeah, it's a good one to start in. You don't have infantry. You don't have the dust, which helps a little bit to yep. learn the rules. You can skip some of the rules. The terrain is simple. You don't have yeah, the wide. I totally agree. This is a great starter scenario for desert. It's not because it's it's about as easy as it gets. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about our game, Rich? Our game was not nearly as much craziness as their game. It seems it was food fight. Well, it was crazy for me. <laughs> it, it was food fight. Do you remember the number? It was a, a. What was it? It was a journal. I'm sorry, I don't remember. That's okay. You listeners can go look it up. Uh, It was the partisan, Russian partisans attacking on cavalry against the Ukrainian partisans. Partisan on partisan, which Um, is unusual. Yep, I always like partisans, although I really hate the fact they can't fire multi-hex fire groups. It's a street gang. (laughs) Yeah, they're like street gangs when they have high LRs because they're both kind of crazy about it, but... Um, so in, in a general, I'll just explain in general. So mm-hmm. the Russian partisans come on mm-hmm. with their full force as cavalry, and the Ukrainian partisans that are defending are only have about you know, one-fourth or one-third of their force that they'll end up with in total in the beginning. So the Russians have to make hay, the Russian partisans have to make hay while the sun shines in the beginning. Yes. And uh, so, you know, they, 
need to take some chances, some calculated chances in the beginning to try to do as much damage as they can in the beginning because obviously because they have about the exact same amount of squads as the Ukrainians in the long run, but they are the attackers and they have to get the points. So they obviously have to make their the most damage they can do when they outnumber the guy in the first two turns. Yeah, and we didn't bring our board up, but as you look at it from the Russian partisan side, there's some woods uh, clumps around and Rich played the Russian partisan first, and he did a really nice uh, bypassing the woods, hugging the trees, and then would stop and bypass and uh, unload, unload, uh, dismount into the woods or buildings there, and then advance up into combat positions. Um, I was thinking more, and I should have tried it, you know, a, a nice gallop straight into the teeth of the enemy, or what if you stacked one side? Probably wouldn't work, but it could be fun to play. It's very tempting to want to gallop and get those 20 movement points with the horses on the gallop right off I mean, what the What if bat. you can shoot through somewhere? But you, but you, but you, but you yes. really can't, but the rules specifically say that if you gallop, you cannot bypass. Correct. And there's so many woods and bu- buildings <coughs> that limit your moves to, to be bypassed that galloping really doesn't do you any good. Yeah, you only have that middle road or the right side. Right. You had some open ground for that. Um, so the as the Ukrainian, you'd want to keep concealment quite a bit because you do start with some dummies so you can keep your enemy guessing a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked for fire lanes with the light machine guns down the center road, or we both looked at them on the... Oh, you didn't. You used your... I did the one fire lane. Yeah. Well, I guess the first game, so my forward troops, and I think we both think my dice were pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, he did very... Your dice were awful. Everything went my way but I, the first game. But I did not deploy, because I read that rule, like, you can't deploy till the second turn. Right. That's Somehow it stuck deploy. in my head, like, oh... They can't deploy yet, and it was the Russian. And then I didn't do the hidden guy because he has to set up further up. And I, in my mind, I just went, oh, well, I don't want to set up further up, so I'm just going to not do the hidden guy. Well, he could have been hidden back further also. So read the rules, you know, to understand the conditions and the setup. But one thing to explain, though, the reason the Russian would want to deploy that he's prevented from from the SSR in the beginning, normally you wouldn't want to deploy partisans because you go from a three three seven yeah. to a one two seven. You're like, well, why would you want one two sevens? That's so weak. Yeah, you give up firepower, you give up a hex of range. You know, why would you want to? Well, the reason you want to in this scenario is because you want to spread out as much as you can because you want to capture all these buildings. And the reason the scenario is called food fight is because you have the opportunity to scrounge these buildings looking for food, and you've got a fifty fifty chance of uh, scrounging successfully according to the rules. So. You want to be running all over the place, touching these buildings and taking your 50-50 shot. Because you get a point for each yes, food you thing points. you scrounge, as well as points for buildings, as well as points for casualties. And right. the partisan has to get 14 more than the other guy. So in our first game, Richard managed to break my front line. Of course, he exploited that by moving around behind me. Uh, just what yeah, was, nothing, what nothing was the worst away. things? Well, were, you just kept rolling super high on your rolls, and I kept rolling super low on mine. And doesn't I, take long I, I, I got I got three or four pin checks on the cab coming in at neg two. Right, right, and which does nothing. They're immune to pin checks, and you got tons of pin checks. So there's an example <laughs> where had you, I rolled one lower on each roll, you'd be taking morale checks, right. falling off the horses, right. and you know I'd be, I'd be racking up the points instead. Tell them what happened to you in the second one. It was almost worse. Well, so the first one, you know, and this is a strategy you could try to get around that front line, like Rich said, make hay while the sunshine is good. What did you say? What is that? I said make hay while the sunshine. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Did you grow up on a farm? Uh, no, I grew up on Arlington Heights. Um, 
And Jason Tapelita. And so he, that worked <laughs> so brilliantly. He got he killed every single infantry person and captured all my weapons. Oh, my mortar broke. My light machine gun broke. All in that first right. two turns. Which was unfortunate because I could have captured more stuff that worked. <laughs> oh well. <coughs> all right. So what happened to the second game. game? We so we flip sides. I was so demoralized. I had to force myself to play Rich to make his coming out worthwhile tonight. And then I took the partisans and I rode on. I was trying to follow his basic ideas of doing the bypass and getting jumping in a train. But he had the hidden guy, so I got a little scared, so I pushed my knight two further back than I should have. Because what if you nailed that with the hidden guy? Mm-hmm. That's four points, a squad and a nine knight two. Right. And then what did happen? Well, I just remember when you uh, <laughs> rolled back-to-back rally attempts getting 12s. Yes. And then you rolled with the commissar, and you it, didn't roll a 12, but you rolled an 11, because you were like, well, what are the odds of getting three 12s in a row? But you might as well have gotten a 12, because if you don't rally with the commissar on the 11... You're half squatted. That's right. Aren't you ELR reduced? Oh, but I can't. Right, be but you can't be ELR because you're already half squatted. Right. right. So you might as well have rolled a twelve because it was the same effect. Yeah, and <laughs> what else went bad? Oh, so our snipers. We had a seventy-five percent. We think sniper going off. Yeah, right. I mean our snipers were just. And Rich high. rolled ones I on all like of them. Crazy, I think. A target so, rich environment. Yeah, this. yeah, and then the sniper killed that one later. Then I got gutsy because when you're losing that badly, I think you got to get gutsy, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Charged into a melee, went adjacent, his, sh- his shots failed. I'm like, oh, this is going to work out. I jumped into melee on him, half squatted him, and then he was able to move the reinforcements for them on on the side. Right, then I fired into in. the melee and broke everybody up. And my guys routed from the melee. Things I learned from Rich... Oh, so any more about that game? And then well, you all, won the all, melee. All I want to say is, uh, yeah, you're right. Everything went my way. The snipers went my way. Your bad dice went against you. You're right. It all was. But we're not. We're not way. saying I'm but, rich is equal in strategy. <laughs> no, you did, you did fine. You didn't do anything wrong. But but I want Zach, who's sitting right beside me here, as to to vouch for me that that is not normal for me. That really doesn't happen. I don't get like six snipers <laughs> in a row successfully. Oh no. <laughs> not the ones we play. Yeah. <laughs> and um. But I did learn. Uh, I think I think I started uh, after I was in a fire lane, allowing my squad to subsequent fire. I can't tell for sure, but Rich pointed out that they can't. And right. then I learned tonight that the my dude broke. Of course, as you've heard, all my dudes were breaking. And when the one was routing away with the light machine gun or something, Rich said, "Oh, your leader can take that from him." While he's routing. Right. Right. And I was like, what? So somehow no concept that that could happen. Well, yeah, those are two important rules because one is uh, if you're doing a fire lane, be careful because a fire lane is great if it's the right time and the right spot for it. But you cannot subsequent first fire your squad that you fired the light machine gun or the medium machine gun with to cause the fire lane. You are So if he could just move right smack in front of you, point blank, and you cannot... Subsequent first fire on him. You are you are defenseless. Which, which the cover for him. Richard put a, a half squad, one firepower with a light machine on the side flank, and so once he revealed into his fire lane, yeah, he ran a three three seven right up at Jason. Right. The then movement. he got the final fire at it using the light. Right. Right. Then I did get like a two flat on him, but uh, but he couldn't get the minus two shot that he would have liked to have. So, so be careful with your fire lanes, and that's a very important rule uh, when you're rounding a guy away. Let's say either he has to drop the weapon because it's too big, or let's say he doesn't have to drop the weapon. The leader could still try to take it. 
if the leader's good order. No, but that's a single man counter that can do that, right? So if you yeah. have a hero, a hero could try I to do that. I don't know if it has to be a leader or a hero. That's a good question. I don't know that. I'm not sure. Something we'll have to leave us Jeff Hallett for. A, yeah. a leader for sure. I don't know about <laughs> if a hero's allowed to do that or not. But I was sharing with Dave another scenario I played recently that was very fun. I had a 8 0 with a flamethrower. Yeah. And then I had a, another leader, 9 negative 1, with a squad. And those, well, all those things moved adjacent to an enemy unit, and I, they took like an 8 flat or something, but it was 8 minus 1 against the flamethrower guy. And the guy rolled a 4, my opponent, which became a 3, which is a K slash, mm-hmm. on the 8 0 that was carrying the flamethrower. And sure enough, I rolled a 5 or 6 on the, and he's dead. Oh, but then the 9 negative 1 recovered the flamethrower as he was dying. And then tw- hit him with twenty four flat the advancing fire phase. Wow. So so what was happening there was very exciting. Even mm-hmm. though this is not the scenario that, that uh, Dave and I just played, but what happened was the eight zero was like, "Here, buddy, take this." As, take as he was dying. Flame <laughs> <laughs> on. So we'll look at you guys on the road, and we'll go on. I'll go on back down, and we play. We played two games each, and those slow pokes downstairs are still on their first well, game. Amateurs. Sure Ten o'clock at night. I'm gonna have to boot them out so they I can might. paint model kits. Nah, <laughs> I guess I can paint screen. model kits while they're here. <laughs> they don't require supervision. Oh, we go there and also go there. Just like I said, uh, the uh, we're gonna have to get you and Jeff to come down to the Southwest Outpost and just once. Yeah, I can have to sometime this year. Yeah, you should. don't have to record, but we should. come on down. Yeah. All okay. right. Thanks for having us over. The yes, day. really. Yes. Well, thanks for coming, guys. All right, now I'm back down in the basement, and we have Tim Klopacek and Tony Langston. And, Tony, you're new here, right? So you want to give us a quick background on your gaming experiences or how you got into gaming? Um, well, I started a long time ago in high school and stuff. Um, played Panzer Blitz and that kind of stuff. And then got out of it once I got married, had kids, and then got back into it with Panzer Grenadier and then just branched out from there. All right, and then you found – how would you find the club here? I uh, found the podcast online. And, and you actually listened to it? Yeah, I actually listened to it. <laughs> yeah. And the game you guys played tonight? Tim's been on the air before often. What was the scenario tonight, guys? Uh, it was... Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. It's it called... S38. Raiders Along the Wall. Starter yeah, Kit, uh, right? Starter, starter Kit scenario yeah. from uh, one of the journals, I think. Pretty special sure Ops. One of the journals. Special yeah. Ops 1, I think, yeah. And it was a Eight, battle uh, nine, where it was, uh, I think, September 44, uh, 11, somewhere in Germany. Sure. And the 12, Germans 13, were trying to take a small 14, town, essentially, 15, from some less uh, experienced Americans, or and certainly significantly outnumbered Americans. Yeah. Okay. But one and thing the Americans had going right, for them was they got a tank. On the third of five and a half turns. And so I think it's an excellent first scenario for someone who's just learning to start at three level. Because there's only one tank. Okay. I would suggest they be the Americans. That they be the Americans? Yeah. Yeah, it turned out that uh, I feel a little bit bad because I didn't realize that Tony was as new to the starter kits as he was. And I was playing the Defender. So it was a case of. Lots of fritzes with an inexperienced leader going up against 
outnumbered Americans with a pretty experienced leader. Okay. And it was a tough, very tough assignment yeah. for Tony. Um, do you have any technical advice for the other players to add on here before we end it? Conversation. Yeah, to me it was very hard based on the American setup. If the American sets up well, like he did, it's it's very hard on the Germans because where they enter, there's only two spots where there's cover. Okay, so Tony might have done a little better if he had used smoke. He didn't um, use smoke, and it wasn't until like oh later in the snare we started yeah, talking so about whether that might have been. Remember more to use smoke for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's something I didn't master for years actually, until um, I went to like some of the opens and saw people throwing a lot of smoke. I'm like, oh yeah, that is pretty thick. I always wanted to just shoot and blow them up with a tank, <laughs> you know, which is doesn't always work as well. So, all right, anything else about it? Or um, it's it's a terrific, like I said, a terrific short snare with only one tank that uh, for those who are just learning, learning tank rules yeah yep get on and try it yeah. like I said right. it probably would have been more enjoyable as the American yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright thanks guys and we'll sign off with you guys thanks for coming tonight yep okay. don't get the act for alright our last game finished up it was Mike Stubitz and Rich Domovic and they played I don't like retreating yes which W-O-4. is a four. It's a American offensive. Um, American yeah. German. Germans been trying to take the buildings. Cromwell? Yes, it starts out with the uh, the Americans have six tanks that are on a road lined up, they, yeah, lined up, and mm-hmm. the Germans come on and see how many of them they can bag. And the Germans got the big tank. Two of the big yeah. tanks. Yeah, uh, they have panthers. panthers. Mm-hmm. They have two panthers and a, and a Yog Tiger. And it's really, a, the, for the Americans, they have to throw smoke. They have all kinds of smoke, so they have to throw smoke everywhere and see how many of the tanks they can re- get back to their victory area. Which and then the, the 747s have to run back. And then they have to basically hold nine out of 17 buildings, uh, stone buildings, which, you know, if they get back, they can probably do that. Right. Yeah. I got lucky on a couple of shots against your crew. Yeah, it was a, Mike, <laughs> yeah, Mike had a, a four-intensive fire shot that smoked one of my yeah, my tanks, but it, that... Uh, desperation shot. He unfortunately threw a 12 and recalled the Yog Tiger, and then uh, by, because he took that yeah, intensive <laughs> fire shot, I swarmed them with another tank and blew them up from behind. Right. So it was yeah. a good game, but we it was a little, uh, little late, so we called it a draw and we're going home. Yeah, and right. strategically, I remember, right, you try and get the tanks out of there that you can yeah, so they can right. be back there with the American infantry, and then uh, the you got the... Uh, half tracks for the Germans. Is yep. there a strategy with that? Move them around the well, sides? Well, Mike did a good thing. Mike came way, way back here with the half tracks and loaded oh. crews and started trying to take the buildings after he unloaded the machine guns from them, which I think is the right way to go with the right. half tracks. Oh, there's some advice. Unload the machine right. guns from yeah. the half tracks. Then the crews carry them? Where those, are they now? Those SP-251s uh, have lots of machine guns in them, and you can unload right. them. Right, they're a submachine gun half track. Yeah. And an extra... Um, half squad with... Uh, you can pop out the heavy... Yeah. And you can pop out the light too, but uh, the crew's got to do the the light and the, the extra, and the half, extra squad. half squad comes with the right. thing with the vehicle, right? right? right. Yeah, yeah, I love which those. is pretty right. neat. Yeah, and the scenario doesn't say you can't abandon vehicles, right. so the crews can then get out Just and try to take those things. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's tactic. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for, thank for you. coming out tonight. Well, thank and, you, Dave. Uh, we'll see you next time, and hope. Uh, well, thank you for having us, Dave. It's always yes. awesome. Thanks. 
Sounds like a good time over there at the Passel. Yeah, it was a fun night. I hope everybody smelled good and was respectful as they left. <laughs> yes, they, they, they were, and they did. Did you count the silverware? You always afterwards? have to count the silverware. Yeah. It's a nefarious bunch. Those guys. But, but that'll wrap up the show, won't yeah, it? Yeah, that was a good one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember to listen to our new podcast, Spine and Sprocket. You can find it at www.spineandsprocket.com. It doesn't mean we're going to stop doing the two half squads. We're going to keep doing this as long as it's fun and keep doing the other one. We just want to have fun. We're just a couple guys who want to have fun. Mostly just want to have fun. Yeah. And we've got more ASL goodies coming for you next episode. So just you wait. And until then, remember. Roll low. And rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, friends. Ow. All right, I got to learn. I got to learn how to play the bongos.